0: Conversations on people's beliefs Why they believe And how it shapes their life This This Is Crosscheck Is Crosscheck Hello I'm Tim Wong C and welcome to Crosscheck No matter where you are listening I've got stats on this podcast And it shows that people are listening to this podcast In Asia, in Europe, in Africa and North America And that's really what this podcast is all about You know like everybody has a story and we unpack it in interviews like this and you get to listen along. In this episode, it's Amarita and while she doesn't have a crazy story about coming to Australia by boats or anything like that, you'll hear how faith was something common within her family. Her dad was a pastor but then as she grew up, it turned into a real personal faith and you can hear how genuine, how warm how positive Amorita is in this podcast, and also the times that she hit rock bottom in her life.
1: And I remember sitting there in the garden, smoking, almost giving up on life, and then this big bird flew over me, and or pooped all over me, and he even killed my cigarette. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I just I thought, what is going on here? And as I looked up, I just saw the smile. It was like um, in the clouds. It was just the smile in the cloud. And it was like, that at that moment, it was like God saying, Hey, you're looking funny from off here. I'm with you always.
0: Yeah, that's part of a really good story she tells as part of this podcast. Let's get into it. This chat with Amarita. Amarita, welcome to the podcast.
1: Thank you, Tim.
0: I think um, something that will instantly stand out is your accent. I don't think we can start without, without <laughs> saying exactly where you grew up. So, you're from South Africa.
1: I'm from the countryside in South Africa where people mostly speak Afrikaans. And mm-hmm. we have a, a saying that you only speak English for, in self-defense.
0: Right, <laughs> so you know something's wrong if someone's speaking English
1: Yeah, it's just a part of the country where I grew up, it's very Afrikaans Yeah,
0: lovely yes. And uh, your dad was, was a pastor
1: That's right, and, yes In
0: a church in Cape Town, right?
1: No, he was actually in, uh, I left in Cape Town But he moved every seven years, we relocated to another town Because he always said that a pastor shouldn't be in the same church for too long because um then people get sort of bored with the same pastor. So I know every time we get close to revelation, releva- releva- uh, um, what's revelations, I know we're going to move soon and then we start with Genesis at the next church.
0: Wow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So
1: it was mostly in small country towns, um towns like Bloomfontaine yeah. and Naelstrom and Junktorp, Uppington so it was all small sort of t- small towns.
0: And your dad, as a pastor, having this idea of moving churches every seven years, was that an idea of his to keep the church fresh, I guess?
1: He felt like um, he wanted people to really grow in their journey with the Lord. And he feels like the same person. You can become almost like stagnate um, and he wanted people to have new influences because a smaller towns can only afford one pastor at a time. We, it's not, it wasn't big churches. So for him it was important that people get more exposure to different styles.
0: Wow. Mm. And do you think the people really, could you see the change compared to say Christians in Australia yeah. Um, based on that fact that they had this, this rotation of pastors and it's, it's
1: very good because and some people have, um, connect maybe easier with a different style. So it's like any communication style. With some people, they just connect on a different level because they speak your lingo. You know, and it it doesn't necessarily be have to be somebody more mature or somebody younger or somebody with a different accent. It's just some people like have a different. You just connect with people with a, with a different personality style. For me personally, why I loved my dad's teaching is well, he was a teacher more than a pastor. So you you know when you go to church, you know what to expect.
0: And you talk about your mum as a very driven woman, very ambitious. And in some ways that's rubbed off onto you, hasn't it? Would you consider yourself quite an yes, ambitious yeah. person? I,
1: I'm not I wasn't as ambitious as my mum. I think she grew up extremely poor. So she grew, grew up really in a sort of it was also depression years in the early forties, um nineteen forties. So I think she for her it was really she was quite ambitious and so she worked very hard.
0: And you've mentioned your dad was a pastor and I think it's very easy for people to assume Pastors' kids gonna grow up Christian and live their life as as Christians in the, into adulthood. If we take it back a step, though, how do you remember faith introduction uh, when you were young?
1: I'm so glad that my parents introduced me um, to the, to God, and it was amazing. It was so real to me. So I remember when I was a little girl, I always talked to him, and when I was on my bike, I would speak to him when I go at night at sleep uh, before and I prayed and I always prayed out loud because I thought he couldn't hear you when you talk soft. <laughs> so yeah. I will make jokes with him like I'm talking to you now. So I will say, God, um, I love you, but I'm only going to give a little piece of my heart for the devil because I <laughs> want to be a little bit naughty too. And then my parents would stand at the door and laugh at me. So they, <laughs> yeah. they, they were, afterwards I told me these stories yeah. of me having such a real, authentic conversation with God. Yeah. Ach, you know what, and then I grew up, and then I went to school, and then all these things of, you can't talk to God in a certain way, he's, he's so big, and he um, he's the judge, and if you don't do things right, then he will um, send you to hell, so I actually got a bit scared of God at, at some point of my life, and I always had God in my life, and I was always um, believe he's out there, but I, in my teenage years, I sort of turned my back a bit on this bigger God that's going to judge me for all the naughty things I have. Uh, I was doing, and I would say in my thirties, I really got back to to God in my in my early forties. The penny dropped that God is just love, and I just have to. um He's taking, He's loving me unconditionally. I don't have to earn being His child and doing good things. It's just there for me, unconditional. And I think the moment that penny dropped, I start relaxing and I got back to that place where I felt safe and I don't have to explain myself. And it's just an amazing journey since that penny dropped that day in my 40s.
0: <laughs> and how did this you know, knowledge of God, this Bible knowledge of God, turn into a, a personal faith for you? Like... What made the, the penny drop, I guess? Like, what was that moment the penny dropped and it turned into something real for you?
1: Yeah. I think through my journey, um, every time when I was in a situation like in business, um, I was quite, at one stage, I was quite um, overly confident that I, uh, my friends told me I can start a business, I have all the makeup, I have all the connections, and I can just do it by myself, and I'm well-known, and um, I was like so full of myself. And of course I prayed to God, I said, God, I'm going to do this, I hope it's okay with you, sort of thing, you know. And then I fell flat on my face, and I really lost almost everything. I was all at the brink of bankruptcy. And... Um, when I was down and out, totally down and out, I just had one day. This thing, it—it it was that's such a weird um, incident. I was sitting outside of my apartment. I was really down and out, and I haven't showered for almost two days. I just couldn't go on. I was without a job, without an income. My parents just recently passed away, and I really felt lonely. And I felt a bit—I uh, had a bit of a pity party. And I remember sitting there in the garden, smoking, almost giving up on life. And then this big bird flew over me and it pooped all over me. Yeah. He even killed my cigarette. Yeah yeah, 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 And I just I thought, what is going on here? And as I looked up, I just saw the smile. It was like um, in the clouds. It was just the smile in the cloud and it was like, that at that moment it was like god saying hey you're looking funny from off here i'm with (laughs) you always and Mm -hmm. it was just incredible i can't explain it but just that that warm feeling inside me um i just know it was god touching my heart at that moment and um i went to take a shower and i had um twenty dollars in my pocket and i thought well if i go now for coffee it will Cost me five dollars. Parking would be five dollars, and just go and sit mm. at a place where I felt like I don't mm. feel feel so poor and hopeless. Mm. And the next minute, Operox uh, a colleague of twenty years ago, he he never goes to that. You um, ran into him. Yeah, I ran into him. Right. Yeah, I ran into him, and he never goes to that specific shop. And uh, but he was looking for uh, roller skates for his son, and we start chatting, and an hour later. He offered me a job because he just got a huge contract that morning. And so I just, at that moment, when I looked into the sky and I saw the smile through the clouds, it was just an incredible feeling. And it was just, I would say that was the beginning of really trusting God, totally, authentically just trusting it, not just saying it and praying it, but really absolutely believing it.
0: It's, it's kind of cool how you can pinpoint all of that into one afternoon.
1: Yes. you know, yeah.
0: Like you grew up knowing God, but then in this one afternoon, the bird came and pooped on your cigarette. You <laughs> went and had a shower. You ran into someone you worked with 20 years ago yes, yeah. who ends up offering you a job, yes. which gets you back on your feet, right? Yes, yeah. Um, and it, I think that's, sometimes it does take hitting yeah. rock bottom, doesn't it, to actually yeah. realize, do I actually need someone, yeah. something else?
1: And that's also, um, I think how oh, the Lord let me, uh, I was a single girl at the time. And I always, um, I try to impress guys, and I try to hang out at the right places, and I try to be cute and dress what I think that they would like. And um, it was like, it was all these dates, It, it just didn't really ever work. And I said, I really am in my 40s now, I'm really ready for you know, for make a, a commitment, but I really need a godly husband. So I prayed for that. And um, you know what? When I asked my friends to pray with me, then I met my husband, Sean, four months later. He's sitting right
0: beside you right this very second in Amarita's lounge room. Sean is right by his side. And he's got a big smile on his face because he knows it's all true. <laughs> What's that feeling like when you're unsatisfied again and again and again? What does that feel like?
1: It feels like I'm setting myself up for failure every time. Because um, I only trust in myself, I only I even still experience it now. Because I thought I grew so much closer to the lo- to God, but it's constantly. I would say in my in my twenties, I only relied on myself and I set myself up for failure all the time. Then in my thirties, I grew closer to God. In my forties, the penny dropped and I thought, "This is it. Now I'm there." And then, but funny enough, now. I'm 51 now, <laughs> and two months ago, I was backed down by really thinking I have it all under control, and um, so it's a constantly. I every day, I must constantly remind myself how extremely I I am dependent on God.
0: Mm. And for someone who is dependent on God. As you say, Amarita, as a Christian, how does your faith shape your life in the way you talk to people who are not dependent on God, don't have a faith, don't have a religion? Like, how do you talk to faith or talk about faith to them without seeming like you're overbearing or you're trying to push an agenda onto them? Yes.
1: Yeah, it's quite difficult. It's like, um, and you know what, you can never tell other people what to do. Because you don 't know their full story, you don 't know how they grew up, and you can come across very judgmental if you tell them what to do, so what i 'm trying to do is i 'm trying to share my story so I will when I talk to people, I will more share my story and what i 'm doing and what helps what helps for me and sometimes. I get like feedback. They will phone me and say, "Hey, I tried that story thing of you. It actually works. So people it, connect with it, your they with actual absolutely story, idea. It? Yes, yeah. um, I focus on, um, and while I'm talking to people, I will ask God, I say, God, help me. You are in the situation. I'm I'm your mouth. You give me the words, and then immediately I start to relax because I take I take the Amurita with a bad accent out of the equation." And it's just God. <laughs> and then only afterwards, when people, when I speak to them again, and they said, you, you really encouraged me that day when you told me your story or when you say this or when you took me to that church. But it never happens at that moment. And then I realized, but God used me. And so yeah. that is such a thrill of life. I get like goose goosebumps to think that the almighty God that created this universe with everything in it. Use me, somebody like me, I mean hmm. it's ridiculous, I wouldn't use me <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like this moment of hindsight that's full filled, filled with yeah. satisfaction, I guess you say, right,
1: and it's but it it's never when I want to do use my words and I try to impress it's always when I realize my total incompetence, I know God don't judge everything with me, so I'm much more, I would say. Living in the New Testament now, in the Old right. Testament, was, was so full of rules and regulations of what what you should do, what you should do, and what you shouldn't do on a Sunday. Now I rather ask, what should I do on a Sunday? Mm. I should make time for God. I should make time for for lonely people on a Sunday. Invite them for something. So it's for me, it's not what I should do, what I shouldn't do. For me, it's much more what I should do.
0: I hope you enjoyed my chat with Amarita. Uh, Don't forget this Crosscheck podcast is proudly brought to you by nobody because we don't have ads. We just rely on you to leave reviews on iTunes or wherever you access this podcast. So many podcasts have this message, but it helps other people find this podcast and hear these stories. Good on you for not pausing this or skipping it or just closing this podcast altogether. Talk to you next time. Okay, bye.